0: Hey friends, welcome to the weekend show where we look back at the highlights of the week that was on money with friends and get you ready for the week to come. Plus we're going to have a big question to answer. Anything you want to ask us, we answer. It is Saturday, November 7th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City.
1: And I'm Joe Salcihi, host of the Stacking Benjamin Show, coming to you live from beautiful Texarkana, Texas.
0: Here on Money with Friends, every weekday, we share the latest headlines, why they matter, and specific ideas and advice for your financial advice with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. And on the weekends, we share the highlights, preview the week ahead, and answer your questions.
1: We had a great week, Bobby, this last week, and uh, and I can't wait to, to, to walk through it. And the next week, the next week, we have another great week. And by the way, when I say we have a great week, the cool thing is... Is that our shows didn't include 24 uh, 7 people at a map showing you <laughs> how much stuff's been counted? We, we did none of that. We had a great week without it. We, we proved that we could be the one thing on air that did it without the map.
0: Yes. But did you watch that stuff during I, the week?
1: You kidding me? I watched did it non stop. I watched it non stop. Yeah. Yes. Those people yeah. at the and map are view- amazing.
0: Those of you and they don't sleep and I did not get much sleep. I have to tell you, those of you on our Instagram saw I literally came on and groggy and was like, look at the bags under my eyes and uh, talked about that. But we did some good, relevant, but counter programming. And we we did do some interesting things that I think were good, um, complementary, relevant, relevant topics, but not. So intense. So
1: absolutely. I, I
0: think I, I'm really proud of what we did because it is a challenge because, you know, you want to stay on
1: topic to some degree. Well, and what you really need to do in a week like this last week is focus on what you can control, right? There are things you can control, things you influence, an election is something that you influence and things you have no control or influence. So I think a lot of us spent a lot of time dealing with stuff that we really don't have a lot of control over. So helping people make sure you focus on what you can control, I think is a, is a, is a good thing. We had a great week doing that. Let's see which one of our friends, by the way, is going to help us kick off this uh, recap of what we talked about this is david and this is john from the queer money podcast friends check money check friends with money let's do this all right you want to start with monday (laughs)
0: Yeah, so on Monday we talked about something that was really nice a day ahead of the election, which is a bipartisan bill that could potentially—and it's it's not law, so you know at this point it's just being discussed and starting the process—but it's about perks and changes to the retirement rules and student loans that could be coming. And I stressed that it was bipartisan, so I think that was really nice ahead of the election. As we record this, by the way, the votes are still being counted, and and I do want to say. That one big takeaway from the election is that our country is divided and that's really hard. I mean, it's going to come down to the wire. We don't know who will eventually be running the country. And so to talk about something that is bipartisan and possibly really positive for a lot of people financially, I think, was a really important show. And I encourage everyone to go back and listen to it, because if this passes and again, because it's bipartisan, there's a good shot. This could be really um, relevant to everybody.
1: Yeah, the thing that I that I definitely like about it is because of the divisions that we saw on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we <laughs> we we uh, having something going through Congress that everybody agrees on, and the fact that it's retirement right shows you. And we've got Annette hanging out uh, uh, out with us, and she says we have an international audience. Not all of us are American. It just goes to show that how universal saving for financial independence is. It's a universal mm-hmm. thing. Democrats are for it. Republicans are for it. Everybody's for it. So uh, I thought that was. That was really cool we'll see what ends up passing but it appears something is likely to pass on this one bobby but what do we do on tuesday
0: so tuesday was election day and so what we did i was i was on with grant sabatier millennial money is his website and of course he's the author of financial freedom we talked about the fact that you should not let your feelings about the election mix with your investments a lot of people feel like, well, if this happens, if this happens, we can, it can really mess with your head. And the truth is your investment goals should not change and you shouldn't make jerk decisions tied to this bananas election. And I think that show, especially, I mean, Grant had some really great and specific advice for people on how to approach your money. Um, and we had an interesting sort of disagreement. I don't know. Well, I, I really respect his point of view. I believe in dollar cost averaging most of the time. And he really feels that you should put all of your money in sort of the minute you have it to invest, just dump it in. And there were a lot of other different perspectives that we shared. And I think it's great to listen to. I think the more ideas we have out there, the more people have choices that they can take to heart and make the decision that's best for them. And we don't know there isn't always one way, there's the best way for you.
1: Well, and listening to that discussion as I was going for my morning walk uh, the morning after, I thought that you were both right. I mean, 70% of the time the stock market goes up, so Grant's not wrong. The problem is is that a lot of us can't take that roller coaster ride of what if we're on the 30% we put it in at the wrong time. So he's correct most of the time and also over the long term it like you guys talked about it doesn't really matter. But to get that, that better ride and everybody it, it's such behavior is the game, right? And dollar cost averaging makes it easier to keep this behavior going. And, you know, we don't get paid all this money at one time. So dollar cost averaging just makes sense for our paycheck too. I thought that was great. What'd you guys cover on uh, Wednesday?
0: On Wednesday. So I did not know this when I proposed the story, but Grant is a huge fan of Warren Buffett and his approach to investing. And in fact, he's a holder of Berkshire Hathaway and has been to the meetings. Um, and so we talked about Warren Buffett's longest held stocks. And I have to credit our audience, by the way, we did do a quiz asking them, what do you think is the number one? Um, longest position, longest holding of Warren Buffett, and they got it correct. So I was really proud of our audience. It is Coca-Cola. I'm not going to do a spoiler and tell you the rest of his long-held stocks, but we did go through the list, and Grant was incredibly knowledgeable about each one, and he did something that he hasn't done before. He gave opinions on these 11 stocks about whether he thinks they will continue to be strong performers. And we also discussed the fact that while these were his longest-held investments, they were not necessarily his largest positions. And just because he still owned some piece of stock doesn't mean he hadn't reduced his position. So you have to take it within that context, but it does show an evolution of how he's been thinking. Coca-Cola, as I said, was the longest holding, one of the, quote, more recent holdings, I think, off the top of my head, I'm going to say 14 years, but I'm not 100% sure, was something like UPS, which has been a huge beneficiary of the coronavirus because we have been sending so much more stuff. Obviously, that is not something Mr. Buffett predicted when he took the position, but it is interesting that he does seem to see the, the potential in the future when he does choose these stocks. And also the fact that, you know, a lot of the companies were financial and a lot of the companies were consumer product driven things that are going to kind of be consistent all the time. People, as we know, are always, we think will always buy paper towels um, and that kind of stuff. So companies like Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson were in there as well. Um, I just thought that Grant really brought it. He really knew his stuff about these stocks and added a lot of context.
1: On Tuesday, I really like that because it was about you. It was about your portfolio, not about the things that we can't control going on watching election coverage. So I love that. And on Wednesday, uh, Jason Harris, uh, marketing with Jason Harris and I. Thursday. Con- uh, th- uh, uh, Thursday, we continued that discussion. Um, By talking about presidents and there was this wonderful feature piece in uh in the new york times about these people in finland who every year since harry or every president since harry truman they've given these watches to and this watch now has become the president's watch and we talked about how how important strategic gift giving can be and also how if you're trying to make an impression on people how much uh how much having the right people wear your thing is like handing uh, handing a watch to presidents has really made that watch something that a lot of people want to buy. And they sell these watches for up to $55,000. I mean, these are not cheap watches. So in an age where people carry around a phone to see what time it is, having a watch um, uh, is interesting. And then the presidents, almost all of them universally sent back a handwritten thank you letter about it. In fact, when Richard Nixon had his watch repaired, he sent this long handwritten note about what a great watch it was and how he couldn't wait to get it back. And it's been wonderful. And he just needs to have it fixed a little bit. Um, the value of a handwritten note, Bobby, in this age, when we're all on email or texting, um, very, very powerful. And Jason talked about a strategy he uses where he'll do birthday cards for everybody in his company and it takes him just a couple hours. He does it one day in January for the entire year and then just sends them out as, as the day came. I thought that was a fantastic hack to get, um, uh, uh, uh to spread some influence and to also, you know, uh, uh, increase your chance of great relationships with people around you.
0: Now, here's my question, Joe. You talk about influence and getting your products on the right people and having them seen. Did Jason send you a mechanism T-shirt and are you walking around Texarkana spreading the love and, you know, promoting mechanism for him?
1: You know, what's funny is I should do that next time he's on because, yes, he did. He sent me... He sent me a, a a copy of his book, which is funny because I already had one, so I gifted it because it's fantastic. Uh, it, uh, he sent me a T-shirt. He sent me he didn't send me a mug, but he sent me a uh, notepad, a Mechanism notepad, which is the their their ad agency saying thank you for for having me on the show, and it was it's it's fantastic. And of course, we sent him one of these, right? Yes, um, we sent him some of that. So we're already we're on that train. We talked about that even more though on about marketing yourself and about setting yourself apart on. Uh, Friday, uh, yesterday, and what was what I loved about this conversation was it's it's about the CEO of Etsy. And Etsy's is this company that's really grown during the time of coronavirus because on one side, people are buying things for their home office uh, around them that they didn't think they were going to spend a lot of time in, and now it's where they're going to spend most of their time. <laughs> so they're decorating and they want it to look different. So they're going to the crafty side. So they're buying stuff that's different than what they find on Amazon or Walmart or Target. And um, uh, 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 so on one side, people are buying. On the other side, more people are starting their side business on Etsy. And so marketing... Marketing during this time is is something the Etsy CEO says is great for them in a, in a time when most people are cowering and wondering how they're gonna make it the Etsy CEO is spending more money Making sure that they stay front of mind and Jason had a great point Which is that this idea in the stock market that you buy when the markets down and you get worried when it's high Is the same thing when it comes to spending your your influence dollars your persuasion dollars if 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 you're going to have an ad campaign of any type, do it at a time when everybody else isn't doing it, and then when everybody else is really excited about that, maybe that's the time to pull back. I, I found that fascinating because the, the stock market rule um, also works when you're trying to influence your career, make better you know uh, decisions at work. You're trying to impress the boss more. Um, I thought it was really universal.
0: Yeah, I really enjoy this episode and I love the tips that he gave that really can apply to all of us. Um, First of all, this is a time where you can sometimes have your money, um, you get more bang for your buck, whether it's marketing your company or doing something else. A lot of companies um, or anywhere you're trying to buy something are offering discounts, or if you just talk to them are willing to work with you on a price that's going to work. So your money goes further. And he also, I really think this is interesting and this goes to psychology. Um, If you're advertising during A downturn. He talks about the fact that this is showing your audience and your consumers, your clients, that you're strong and you're going to be around. And it shows that strength and gives that confidence, and they're more willing to do business with you. Because if you have a company that you want to sign a deal with and they you're not sure they're going to be around. You may not want to give them your deposit. I know we were planning a big little party for my uh, 13 year old. I don't know that those companies are going to be around a yeah. year when we finally do the rescheduled party. I think that those deposits may go bye bye. And I said to the the party planner, I said, I'm not putting down any more deposits because I don't think those companies are going to be around. So no more money is going out the door to them. So you know, if you are wanting to get those new clients, you have to show that you're going to be around. And that was a big takeaway because a lot of people want to hold back on their spending and marketing right now, but you want to show people that you're going to be around if they give you money.
1: Yeah. And I love that point that Jason made, uh, that by having a consistent message about your core thing and being out there at a time when nobody's out there, Proves that, hey, I'm here, I'm here and I'm stable, even if you're not that stable, it makes you look (laughs) like you're more stable and people are more likely than to open up their wallet, which makes you more stable later on. Hey, we're going to pivot here, guys, to talking about what's coming up in the next week. Uh, but before we do that, if you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you running a business is super tough. In fact, it's funny. We <laughs> just got to talking about that. But you might be making it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. Time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Spread this, uh, ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now's the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. You know what's funny, Bobby, is that when I was a financial planner, I would ask people when they would have statements all over the place, and they wouldn't have it all together. It's okay to have your stuff in, in, in different places, but you need to have a dashboard, right? Have one dashboard so you have visibility and control with your money. It's the same for your business, and that's what NetSuite does. You see it all in one place instantaneously. So whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite, join over 21,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash MWF. Schedule your free product tour right now, netsuite.com slash MWF, netsuite.com slash MWF. Coming up uh, this coming week, we've got uh, not not a lot of uh, interesting news at the beginning of the week, Bobby. We start off with a light day Monday when it comes to economic data, wholesale uh, trade sales data. Uh, not a lot there, but some of the companies declaring earnings, I think, are going to be interested, uh, interesting rather for um, vegetarians that want to pretend that they're carnivores. Beyond meat is going to be declaring earnings. Cars.com. McDonald's, I think, is a bellwether. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Of course, on the other side of that, Norwegian Cruise Lines is uh, going to declare their quarterly earnings on Monday, as will Taubman, who owns, of course, a bunch of shopping malls. Speaking of shopping, that'll be interesting. On Tuesday the IBD economic optimism report is out and just after the election to see if people are optimistic or not I think is interesting and if all the companies declaring earnings on Tuesday Viacom CBS I think is the big one Wednesday OPEC does their monthly report mortgage data comes out applications and refinances uh, the big companies declaring earnings are some of the interesting ones Mastercraft boat holdings are people are people buying boats during this <laughs> during during this downturn I don't I know I think
0: well, no, no, no. Well, here's the thing. Yes and no. I mean, this is a quirky thing. No, in theory, people, this is not the time to go out and splurge on a boat. But the reality is if you want to keep your family safe, you could go live on a big
1: boat. I mean,
0: (laughs) no, I mean, I read an article. I I don't, I don't want to say where it was because I'm not sure, but I think it was, you know, someplace where they target the audience. It's like a section of a paper where they target, you know, big homes and real estate and that kind of thing. And they were talking about the fact that People were renting homes in Florida on the water so that, and they weren't that interested in the home. They needed the, the place to put their, you know, you can call it a yacht, but a boat that had sleeping quarters on it, not necessarily a mega yacht, you know, a boat that had one or two bedrooms that they could live on because the feeling was that was a very safe place to be. And they could have some, you know, outdoor, you could go sailing and you're out in the middle of the ocean and you don't have to deal with getting infected and worrying so much about the masks and all of that. So. There's something to be said with, if you know, we've seen this push towards people moving in the suburbs where they're not in cities and they want to have more space. If you're going to buy a suburban house for, you know, X hundred thousand dollars, the logic is the same
1: to buy a boat for the, At same the very least. Point. It's a great vacation so, right know. now. Right. At the very least, it's a great vacation. But, but, but I yeah. think it also shows optimism. Right. If if mm-hmm. if 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 Mastercraft beats estimates or gives guidance that things look like they're improving, that's going to be a big sign. That, that, that'll be that'll be uh, very interesting. Another interesting company on uh, Wednesday, uh, New Insurer uh, Lemonade uh, is going to declare earnings Thursday. The Consumer Price Index, we get to take a look at inflation on Thursday. Lots of companies with earnings, Applied Materials, Agile, Therapeutics, Emerson Radio, Walt Disney uh, has earnings that on Friday, the Producer Price Index. So we'll be able to compare those two inners, what it numbers, what it costs to produce a good, and then what. People are paying for it, and on Friday, not a lot of companies declaring earnings, but two, two big ones: DraftKings. The only reason I bring up DraftKings is because of the fact that uh, I've heard a lot of like pro stock traders, you know, these day traders really focus on DraftKings quite a bit, and so DraftKings be interesting, and then JCPenney uh just you know y- you've heard the death rattle from J.C. Penney for a long time is J.C. Penney going to make it that's one of those companies that you wonder about Bobby
0: yeah I still remember years ago there was this huge, huge press event that I went to to cover. and um the gentleman who uh, Ron Johnson used to run Apple, yes, and they ch- he came out, and Ellen was there, and Martha Stewart was there. and it was this whole like we're gonna change everything, and we're not going to have all this sales. It was a whole it just didn't work. so but yet they keep, you know, they keep going, they find a they way just keep going, so yeah they find a way. So there you go. I'm rooting for everybody. You know, I mean, I think the company I'm most interested in, really, I think, is Talman because retail has had such a hard time for so long, and it's probably really bad right now. But I do wonder, you know, if they can hold on. And this goes back to what we're talking about with Jason Harris and and the, you know, getting through the the recession. If people, there are areas where there is, you know, a lot of you know, quarantine fatigue, um, and certainly, I do believe when we get past this, are people going to have a new appreciation for the in-person shopping experience and really want to go and will that boost them i don't know but i'd be curious to see what they say about their outlook and what they're trying to do to reinvent themselves
1: it's funny i'm a guy that that always rolled his eyes about walk people that just walk around a shopping mall for fun oh my god does that sound like fun right now that's all that sounds like so much fun walking anywhere where there's a bunch of people just sounds like it would be it would be great but i'm not now but but uh, but can't wait to get back to, to get back to some of that. Coming up this week on Monday, Bobby and I are going to kick off off the week together. We are talking about um, some reports that say that moving your money around or, or excuse me, um, people aren't going to spend money until we get some clarity around the election results. Uh, which, which I found in- interesting when, when Bobby, when you wrote that to me last night, I'm like what what the hell is this about? So we're yeah. going to dive into that on Monday. Uh, who's your guest on Tuesday?
0: Oh, but before we do that, wait, let me just look quickly. Cause I think we put out a quick poll for our many friends about that. And I just want to see what they said. Oh, so we did ask them. And what's interesting is so far we asked, our our audience on Instagram, which by the way, if you're not following us at Money Friends Pod, do you plan on shifting your spending because of election uncertainty? And they uh you know what? I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna tell the results. That's a teaser for yeah. Monday's show. Wait till
1: wait till Monday. I'm gonna Good. wait. Look at I'm that. Wait,
0: I'm gonna hold off. Okay. You,
1: you give it and you take it away. Nice job. Yeah. All right. Okay.
0: Tuesday. I will be on with Elizabeth Sagran of Fast Company and also the author of The Rocket Years, um, also on Wednesday. Um, and we don't have the stories planned yet, but she tends to want to talk about fashion and retail. And so we'll see what she uh, what she brings.
1: Thursday and Friday, I'm sure we're talking uh, basic personal finance because Farnush Tarabi, financial expert and host of the So Money podcast, joins me. So those are going to be some fun personal finance days. I like the the, the, the yin and yang of those, uh, those days. I think that's going to be a nice week. And then, of course, we're back here with the weekend show again next Saturday. We... This week, decided to change it up when it came to money questions. We took a friend of ours money question, and by the way, if you've got a money question for us, uh, where, where are we going to have people send those? They
0: to- can just DM us. Just DM us on Instagram at MoneyFriendsPod.
1: Absolutely. This week, we thought that we would answer a question from the moneyologist. We've done this from time to time, Bobby, on the Stacking Benjamin show, when we have our roundtable episodes, and it's so fun to to not even read what Quentin Fattrell, the uh, moneyologist, writes, but to answer the question ourselves. And the question here is, my mother left her entire estate to my stepfather. What can I do about it? Uh, my late mother remarried in 1954. My biological father, the only father my other brothers and sisters have known, died in 2005. Found out recently my stepfather has a will and left everything to our half-sister. However, half-sister died six months ago, leaving behind a husband. What are your recommendations for when my stepfather dies? I'm planning on retaining a lawyer to petition the court to be named executor of his estate. And then they go into how much money, but I don't think how much money really matters. This right here is a good question. What what were your first thoughts, Bobby, when you saw this?
0: Oh gosh. Um, I think that this is a very common situation. We have so many blended families and it just, this just seems like a mess. I don't know. I was kind of stumped. I got to tell you. Um, you know it's so and and so is the stepfather the stepfather's already passed away
1: stepfather has not. not passed away no
0: so i guess the first thing is to have a discussion before you go to the lawyer i would say have a discussion
1: absolutely because
0: that's that's the first step i mean anytime you can avoid the courts do so. And that goes with everything related to estate planning. And that's the whole idea of estate planning is you don't want to go to probate, which is basically, you know, but a potentially very long time period of having the government decide what's going on and you want to avoid that and you want to retain control. So yeah, retain control before retaining a lawyer, I guess, is what I would go for. Just talk it out. And, and because often things are people, get busy with life and don't always update things. And it may not be intentional.
1: People can sue for anything and people can definitely sue uh, uh, if this guy goes to court, he can go to court. He's going to lose. And the reason he's going to lose is that the is that the the document is the most important thing here. And if the document says that his daughter gets everything, then that's probably how it's going to go. Now, to make that ironclad, let's say that 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 stepdad wanted to disinherit all of the uh, 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 all of her kids. If he wanted to disinherit them, the way to do that effectively is to give them $1. If you give them one dollar, what that does is make sure that you thought about it. Because what when when this lawsuit happens, what can happen is if this guy brings a lawsuit up, he can say, "Listen, we're not even named in this estate." So he made this too early. Then he married my mom, and you can tell he didn't even think about it. If if you give people you want to disinherit one dollar, it shows that you thought about it and you willfully are are disinheriting them. But but it does bring up this problem with blended families, Bobby. Two people get married, mom died without a will, so everything went to stepdad, stepdad has a will, everything goes here and all of her kids are, are disinherited. You ultimately, this should have been done when she was alive. But now that it's not, I think your, your, your recommendation is right on. You have to have the discussion before he dies about, yeah. about, about this was, at the very least, If this was part of this was my mom's money, you know, and disinheriting all of us. What you're doing is disinheriting all of us. Um, and I know it's a difficult conversation to have and it makes you feel like you're money grubby, you know, it it feels dirty. Uh, but you gotta but you gotta have that discussion.
0: It's not as dirty as going to court and having it seem so confrontational. And and I think you point out also that going to court as, because I I did not really have time to think about this in advance. This is sort of just thrown at me, but, you know, going to court is really, um, it's kind of like when you don't write a will, you do have a will. It's just the government's will. So you really want to avoid court at all costs. It can get very expensive and to some degree it, it is what it is i mean he has the money and he can do what he wants with it and he may be very clear that he wants to give it to his heirs to his biological heirs and that's kind of where it is and and that's
1: it is what it is and the bad news, news in most cases the bad news in most cases bobby is this is an error of omission right mm-hmm. it's it, it just nobody thinks about doing their estate plan or they did one a long time ago. So they're not, they're not in it. So, so usually it's not a willful thing where somebody wants to disinherit you. So pointing that out that, Hey, we don't know when we're going to pass away and, and, and here's what's going to happen. My mom's money is going to go to your daughter and we love our half sister, but not, uh, you know,
0: right. Well, but she's passed away. That's what makes it even more complicated. That's right. As I understand. And like I said, this is a very complicated question, which is why it's a great question, because these things are complicated. It all goes. Families do make this very complicated. So it's going to the biological daughter of the stepfather who has passed away, which means I guess if she had no will, it's going to go to her husband.
1: To her husband.
0: uh, Yeah. So and then presumably from there, in theory, to his
1: children. All the money, then it's just all the money, all the money leaves the family. It's gone. It's out, it's out Well, of the family.
0: but you know there we there's so many variables we don't know. I mean, sure. the stepfather, the, we don't we don't know the timeline of all of these things and the stepfather could also say, "Well, you know, your mother we, we don't we have no idea whether the mother er, er, earned the money or not. The stepfather could be of the mindset, "Well, this is my money." You know, I I was, you know, we're presuming they're of a different generation. For all we know, he could be of the mindset that, "No, it's not your mother's money. It's my money. I loved your mother very much. She passed away. It's my money." you know, I was I the earner. We don't know. I'm presuming a lot, but we just don't know. And it's my money. I
1: think that's, that's why that. you got to have we the conversation. No got to have the conversation. That's, yeah. that's going to do it for this week. I think that puts a cap on it. Thanks to everybody for hanging out with us. If you've got a question, uh, DM us on on Instagram. Heck, you can DM us on Twitter, write us an email. Uh, however, you've got a question, Bobby and I are happy to answer it on a Saturday. Have a great weekend, everyone. She's Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye.